eating together is just so deeply human and it can be fun. It can be thoughtful. It's very disarming. And I just believe that the table is the most alive when it's welcome. Welcome to the Jesus Storybook Bible Podcast, a place where we remind you that grace can rewrite any story, that hope shines a light through our darkest moments, and that God's love changes lives. Here's your host, New York Times bestselling author, Sally Lloyd-Jones. Hello, I'm Sally Lloyd-Jones, author of the Jesus Storybook Bible, which tells the story of God's wonderful, never-stopping, never-giving-up, unbreaking, always-and-forever love. Welcome to the show. Not long ago, our guest today realised that she was trying very hard, but at the wrong thing, and it led her to her life's work. Our guest today is Kendra Adachi, a New York Times best-selling author, podcaster, and the founder of the Lazy Genius Collective, and as she puts it, quote, a professional permissions giver, end quote. Gosh, I think maybe we all need one of those, don't you? Kendra loves in particular giving permission to others to stop trying to do it all for the sake of doing what matters. How refreshing. In a world that tells us we can do it all and have it all and be it all, if only we have a list or a system or a method. Kendra is a wonderful voice of reason. She doesn't give tips on how to do it all. In fact, she tells us to stop doing it all. To stop living by a list of shoulds. As she says on her website, quote, we're geniuses about the things that matter and lazy about the things that don't, end quote. In Kendra's life, food and hospitality matter to her. She talks with us about the power of hospitality to connect us and the freedom and joy that come when we offer hospitality, not as a way to impress others, but as a way to serve and the power of a shared meal. Also, my favorite part is when Kendra tells a very funny story on herself about what happened early on when she was starting out, when she was trying really very hard to impress a group of people with her cooking. I can't wait for you to hear it. She's disarming, warm, humble, and generous. And how wonderful, especially to be given permission to be lazy about the things that don't matter, to just be yourself, to share what you have, and then to see what God does with that. Because the wonderful thing, when we, when we stop doing all the things all the time, we might, we might just discover gifts we've been missing. So without further ado, please welcome my friend and now yours, Kendra Adachi. I might have a slightly unhealthy obsession with gathering people around food at a table. I love it so much on such a soul level. And I think it's because sharing food around a table is a deeply soulful thing. It's a connective thing. You're connecting around a shared need, a shared enjoyment, a shared experience, shared conversation. Eating together is just so deeply human. And it can be fun. It can be thoughtful. It's very disarming. It's just one of the most special things ever. 
my childhood was, was very difficult. I had an abusive father and there were lots of things going on. And honestly, my first food memory was cooking dinner as like a nine-year-old for me and my sister because my mom was sick and my dad wasn't around. And so there was not a lot of fun in a lot of my childhood food memories. They were much more grown up and utilitarian and I was by myself. I got married when I was 20 years old. I was just a baby and I knew that food mattered. And I knew that cooking and preparing and offering something to people that was delicious and comforting and welcoming mattered. But I didn't know how to do it. So much of my like food memories are just from that time of my life when I was was learning and just messing things up so much. Like that's when the enjoyment really started because I could sense from my own experiences as an, you know, as someone around the table being fed and then offering like even just like a really lovely bowl of spaghetti and a chocolate chip cookie to somebody. Like it makes people smile, you know, giving someone food that tastes good, that makes them feel welcome. It makes people feel seen and happy. And that is what the connective tissue was for me, where I was like, I want to help people feel this way. My person that taught me to cook that I idolized and loved and spent almost every single day with was Rachel Ray. I started watching 30 minute meals every single day and just paying attention to what she was doing. She's, she seemed like she was having so much fun. She didn't take herself too seriously. She didn't take the food too seriously. She was helping with like real skills, helping me develop real skills. That is one of the most encouraging things about being sort of that voice, a mentor, kitchen mentor voice to other people is that I hope that my words and my teaching and all of it is just draped in permission and freedom. And like, you're going to mess things up. It's totally fine. You, ha you have another meal to cook tomorrow. Most notably and most embarrassingly, I was in my early 20s. I was working at a church and we would have a staff uh, breakfast once a month or so. And someone from the staff would volunteer to do breakfast. Well, people would bring, you know, muffins and fruit and that kind of thing. Well, when it was my turn, I volunteered and in my <laughs> very unhealthy, had not yet started going to counseling, had not had a lot of hard conversations about understanding my own patterns. In my own uh, unhealth and desire to be impressive, I was like, okay, I'm going to make stuffed French toast. And for, ever, for all these people, for like 40 people, had I ever made, no, I had never made it. Did I pull up a recipe? No, I did not. I guessed. I just was like, I can do this. I can figure this out. I'm really good at this thing. I took Wonder Bread, American cheese, and just layered them like made little cheese sandwiches. There was no butter. There were no eggs. There was no custard. There was not even heat. I just stuck it in like a warm oven, like stacks of cheese sandwiches. It was, and then I took them to church and cut them in triangles and put them on a platter. And I was like, I don't think these look right, but they're probably fine. It was so deeply embarrassing. And what's so sad and dear, honestly, like I have a lot of compassion for that version of myself. What is so dear is that I remember sitting in the back of the room, like eagerly awaiting the praise. Like I really still thought that I had done a good thing by putting like 
lukewarm, weird cheese sandwiches on this table. And that's how in my own head I was about it. That's how wrapped up I was in the approval that I didn't even see what was in front of me. I didn't not even see the strange food that was in front of me. And when someone said, what are, are these cheese, are these cheese sandwiches? And I, and it's like, it broke. It's like it popped the balloon. And I was like, oh, those are, those are trash. What did I do? That's not real. That's not at all what I intended, but I have a lot of compassion for her because she was trying so hard. She was trying so hard, but at the wrong thing. And, and the, the, the process of sort of learning like, okay, what is the thing? Like where, what does matter here? It's not being impressive. It's never being impressive around a table because that actually makes people less of themselves when you're trying to impress them because then they think they need to be impressive too. And I just believe that the table is the most alive when it's welcome. This is a passage from the Jesus Storybook Bible when Jesus fed a huge crowd of people. There were once 5,000 tired and hungry and probably very grumpy people sitting on a hillside wanting their dinner. They'd come to hear Jesus that day. They came before breakfast, stayed all morning, all afternoon, and way past dinner. No one had meant to be out there that long, but that's how it was listening to Jesus, as if time didn't exist. People could listen to Jesus for hours, and on this particular day, that's just what they did. Jesus's friends had an idea. Let's send everyone home for dinner. They don't need to go, Jesus said. You can give them something to eat. Did Jesus want them to travel all the way to town and buy food for everyone? Jesus's friends panicked, but we don't have enough money. What food do you have? Jesus asked. Go and see. Now, there was a little boy in the crowd. He had brought a lunch that his mother had made for him that morning. He looked at his five loaves and two fish. It wasn't much, not nearly enough for 5,000, but it was all he had. I have some, he said. Jesus's friends laughed when they saw his little lunch. That's not nearly enough, they said. But they were wrong. Jesus knew It didn't matter how much the little boy had. God would make it enough, more than enough. Jesus said, bring me what you have. And so the little boy gave Jesus his lunch. Jesus winked at the little boy and whispered in his ear, watch. Jesus took the little boy's lunch, looked up to heaven and thanked his father. Then Jesus gave the little lunch back to his friends. As Jesus's friends started to hand out the food, do you know what? It was the strangest thing. No matter how much they broke off, there was always more and more and more. Enough for 5,000. Everyone ate as much as they wanted. Second helpings, third helpings, even fourths, until they were full. And still, there were leftovers. In the work that I do, there is just so much trying. People are trying and trying to do enough, to be enough, to build it big enough. 
And I love that this story invites us because Jesus invites us to just say, share what you have. Just be who you are. Bring me what you have. And I'm going to make it enough. You can get the Jesus Storybook Bible wherever books are sold. To find out more about the book and all of Sally's other books, please visit Sally at sallylloyd-jones.com and follow her on Instagram at sallylloydjones and at Jesus underscore storybook underscore Bible. Before we go, don't forget, God loves you with a never stopping, never giving up, unbreaking, always and forever love. Oh, hello, it's me again, Sally. I'm just popping back briefly to say two things. The first thing is, don't forget to subscribe to the show because that way you'll get the stories straight to your phone. And the other thing is, while we're at it, would you rate the show and leave us a review? That would be so great because it helps other people find the show too. I really appreciate your help. Thank you.